Hey there, welcome back. Well, I guess it's kind of like hello because is it kind of a new show, kind of not? It's like a, it's a new section, okay? I'm Brooke Thomas, this is The Conversation. I am so happy to be filling in for Jenk today. We have a couple of interviews coming up for you that I'm pretty excited about. I always really, really love doing this show. So let's get right into it. First up, we have Teresa McCalman running for mayor. And please bear with me of Schenectady. Did I get that right, Teresa? Good evening. Yes, <laughs> yes you got that right. <laughs> I practiced, and then you still have a moment where you blank, like uh, uh. <laughs> great on my name. You did beautiful on my name. Good, Thank you. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here with us. Uh, let's jump right in. Why are you running for mayor of Schenectady? Because I'm a pronoun. Do you see it, how smooth that was? I'm running for mayor in Schenectady because we need change. It's time for change. Um, Schenectady is suffering from uh, economic disunity. We have um, we have this beautiful new downtown, mm-hmm. and we have a nice shiny casino. It's great, beautiful, but our neighborhoods are falling apart. We have. A, a whole bunch of unaffordable housing being built up in the poorest neighborhoods. No one can afford it. They have luxury apartments going up, thirteen hundred to three thousand dollars for two-bedroom apartments. The median income does not even reflect anyone in Schenectady who can afford that. We're still battling as homeowners to afford our taxes mm-hmm. because of all this new development that's going up. But I'll tell you a little story. Okay. I. I I came to Schenectady homeless. Uh, we had suffered a serious disaster. Um, yeah, it's lost everything. Yeah. And I was pregnant with our third child when we suffered this disaster, and I was a high risk pregnancy. And I ended up having her premature. So we had to rush and find a place to live. And we found it in Schenectady, an affordable, place, three bedroom, we could afford the, the, the rent. Um, and we started to rebuild our lives. And we did. It took us about five years to rebuild our lives. When we moved to Schenectady, however, we didn't know much about the area. And we moved to what they consider one of the worst neighborhoods in Schenectady, which is Hamilton Hill, what they dubbed the ghetto. But because we moved in that neighborhood, We chose to invest in Schenectady because we saw the potential. So we eventually purchased our house. Moving forward, I figured if I was successful in what I was doing and, and, and we have people just like me in Schenectady that need that leg up, that need that support, that need that encouragement, why not show people who went through the same thing that I went through, homelessness, Uh, being beat up by our police force, and I'll tell you about that one, and then eventually buying our home and then me running for office. Never thought I would do this, but we need it. We have a a bunch of legislators that do not reflect the people in Schenectady. We have a diverse population in Schenectady, and they're not being looked after. They're not being cared for at all. Teresa, I'm glad you shared that with me. Thank you. Um, you mentioned something just now, the casino. You mentioned the uh, current elected leaders in the casino. And um, so let's jump right to that because I think it seems like that's a pretty important topic going on there. Um, 
the what is the story there with the casino? Well, I, I like to say that we learn from our mistakes. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing, that the casino did bring in union jobs. But then after that, there were no community benefits considered at all. No community benefits packages considered at all. They did not um, put in any community benefits packages for the residents in Schenectady to have first bid on jobs and then moving out to the rural areas outside, just outside of Schenectady for other people who may be contending for those jobs. They didn't consider the surrounding neighborhoods that would be impacted by the development of the casino. Um, when they were developing, say, okay, we know that this development is going to push assessments up in these neighborhoods, and eventually our already high taxes will go higher. So they didn't consider that when they were bringing that in. So now, not only the surrounding neighborhoods are suffering higher taxes because their assessments have shot through the roof, but the rest of Schenectady, who are already suffering from high taxes, are now suffering even higher taxes because of this development and the lack of community benefit packages. When we are developing or building up or doing a renaissance in any sitter, in any city, we have to consider the people. If we don't consider the people, we're going to be another city pushing an Amazon out mm-hmm. because they refuse to consider the people's voice and what they actually want and what they actually need. Schenectady is coming back from was a big deal in Schenectady. We were the we were the electric city lighting the world. But now we have this casino and we're betting on literally betting on that success to pay our bills. It's never a good idea to pay your bills through gambling. Never. That's a good point. It's not. So, like I said, we learn from our mistakes. Now, going forward, when we are considering new developments, we need to say to the communities that we want to do those developments in. Listen, we're we're going to be speaking to these developers, and we're thinking about building a new housing here. What do you think about it? What would you like? What would you want? What would be best for your community? That's not what that's not what's happening. Happening in Schenectady is that the current mayor is saying to his buddies, "Hey, you think you can use another twenty thousand dollars, another thirty-eight thousand dollars?" And they say, "Hey, yeah, yeah, definitely can." Oh, and by the way, my friend mayor, how about I build this thing down here, luxury apartments? We'll bring in some new people. Get the people in Schenectady. Forget the longtime renters. Forget the longtime homeowners. Let's gentrify the mess out of this place, and that's going to be better for Schenectady. No, we already tried that. But we have the Schenectady, the casino that we have right now. We did rebuild. Now, when we're moving forward, we need to consider the voice of the people. Well, I want to ask you something else too, because uh, something else that it seems you're passionate about. You want Schenectady to become a sanctuary city, am I right? Tell me why. Yes. Uh, well, why not? <laughs> well, no, you, listen, I'll I know you. why, but I'm just saying <laughs> from your perspective to our viewers. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Kind of froze up there. Okay. Do, do you know historically Schenectady has always been a sanctuary city? So I used to be the director of programs for the Underground Railroad History Project of the Capital Region. So 
dealing with that history, I learned about all the city's involvement in freedom seekers when they were fleeing oppression, fleeing slavery, and coming to the north to seek sanctuary. Schenectady was one of those major routes. It has always been a sanctuary city. Why change that history now? Mm-hmm. Why say no? This is our this is our history. This is what made us Schenectadians. This is what made us who we are. So we should embrace that. And on top of that, thinking about crime, if we have undocumented immigrants here in the city and they are the victims of crime, they will be they are less likely to report those crimes to the police for fear of being deported or being detained by ICE. So if we made it where they felt safe enough to say, I just suffered a crime, yes, I'm undocumented, and I know because it's a sanctuary city, I'm not going to be sent back to what I just came from. Not only will that make them safer, but it will make the rest of the city safer. Because then we can go after those criminals and make sure that no one else is suffering those crimes. It makes sense for us to be a sanctuary city. Okay, Teresa, we're digging deep into your candidacy here. So um, I want to talk about corporate money because it's right. You've pledged not to take any corporate or um, LLC money. And your opponent, the current mayor, didn't you ask him or challenge him to donate the LLC money he's already accepted to charity? What happened there? Uh, He said no. Really? (laughs) (laughs) He said no, and he he didn't even... He didn't even say why he wouldn't, just, just said no. He said when I did it, it was legal. But the point is, is that it's not legal anymore. And, and even then, it was, it was this much legal. Like it, was a, <laughs> it was a loophole. And you found that loophole and you played it and you, you made profits off. Give it back. It's just right. Give it back. I want to talk about your uh, career as an educator and like your passion for students in the classroom. Because I think I read that. You often go out of your way to tutor six students at their homes? Yes, yes. Currently, um, in one of the, well, in all of the school districts, I uh, put myself out there as a tutor for kids who are too sick to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I, at least one of my students, um, he suffers a lot physically and um, a lot of migraines. Hi, I'm not going to say your name, but hi. <laughs> He's probably watching. He thinks it's so cool that um, I'm running for mayor and that someone that he knows is on uh, the radio. <laughs> but um, yes, and I, I'm, I'm very passionate about any of my students, uh, no matter whether they're in my classroom or I have to go up a mountain half an hour to go teach them because they're too sick to come back to school. Um, but either way, this is what I do. I take care of my community, and as mayor, I'm going to do the same thing for my city. Teresa, thank you so much. It's nice to talk to you and to meet you at least electronically today. <laughs> Let's uh, get your website out there for everyone. It's TeresaForMayor.com, and your name is spelled in a pretty special way, T-H-E-A-R-S-E. Awesome. TeresaForMayor.com, and I think you know if people are interested, they should check you out. I've learned a lot about Schenectady today. It started with how to pronounce it and just went uphill from there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brooke. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a funny guest, a funny but passionate guest coming up for you next. We're going to talk a little bit about the climate and what we need to do about climate change. We're going to talk about climate change action coming up right after this. 
Hey there, welcome back to the conversation. I am Brooke Thomas, filling in for Jenk tonight. Very glad to be here and excited about this next guest, Chuck Nice, a comedian and an activist, very passionate about climate change. And he's gonna talk to us a little bit about a new project that he's heading for climate change. Chuck, good evening. Hey, Brooke, how are you? I'm nice doing to, well. Nice, nice to see you. So much nicer to see you than it is to see Jenk. No, don't say that. I'm glad to be here. He's still the boss. No, I'm not. Listen, this is nothing against him as a professional. I love what he does. I'm just saying I don't like looking at him as much as I like looking at you. Now, I know in the the world that we live, it's like, why are you bringing up the way she looks? What's that got to do with anything? Because I'm a comedian, and I can say whatever the hell I want. That's why. But anyway, go ahead. Listen, this is a visual medium. I'll take it. I'm not mad at it. Guess what? Neither am I. <laughs> yeah, my catchphrase around the office here is that I really like compliments, so it's fine. Okay, Everything good. Is fine, right? It's like, yeah, that's my thing. It's fine. All right, listen, you are heading a new project uh, for climate change. Tell me about it. Well, listen, so uh, the, the project itself is in its nascent stages. Uh, we are now just out of our kind of phase one where we have um, enlisted the help of the scientific community. Uh, including somewhere around uh, 20 some odd climate scientists from all over the world who are helping us with this effort. The project is kind of an awareness campaign that uses entertainment, bringing entertainers and climate scientists together uh, to bring about awareness. Now, some people would say, we're all aware. Everybody knows about climate change. We're not pretending like we're aware, though. Thank you, and that is the issue. The issue is this, I say that there's cerebral knowledge and then there is a heart connection. So, you know, when you say like, oh, I know so-and-so, that's one thing. But when you say, oh, I heart so-and-so, that is a completely different level of knowledge and intimacy. And what we're trying to do is bring this issue to not just a place of awareness, but to a place of action, primarily for people between the ages of 16 and 25, 26, somewhere around that age. Does not mean that we don't want everyone else involved. The reason why we pick that age group is because at 16, you are just thinking about, wow, what is it gonna be, what's gonna be happening? I'm gonna be voting very soon. What am I gonna vote about? The the other thing that happens is a lot of 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds don't vote at all. And so we're trying to create voters out of the issue because, believe it or not, the number one thing that we can all do that costs us nothing, it doesn't. we don't have to have any skin in the game, the number one thing that we can do together collectively is vote for representation that will make this a very valid issue. And so if we all go to the polls, it doesn't mean that you don't have to vote on other issues, but it means that you have to make this a real issue uh, so that we don't have people like a certain senator whose name rhymes with Inhofe, uh, because that's his name, (laughs) stand on the floor of Congress with the snowball and say that, Climate change, or which I don't call it that, I call it human-caused climate crises or human-caused climate chaos. 
because when you say climate change, it's very, very ambiguous, and people don't really, they, well, the climate is always changing. Uh, climate's been changing forever. Okay, so we are changing the climate. That is the issue here. Human cause climate crisis, human cause climate chaos. And just because weather happens, which it will, always, does not mean that climate crisis is not real and that climate chaos is not caused by us. And so the idea is to use entertainment as a means of uh, raising awareness. And we are now in our second phase of enlisting help from celebrities and, uh, and YouTube creators. And what we want to do is use the power of creators and the power of celebrities to take this message primarily to America first, because believe it or not, and you know, we say we're number one, and we are number one when it comes to this problem. <laughs> we are number one. We are the number one cause. Now, uh, and that's that's per capita. That means that uh, of the 350-some-odd million people that live in this nation, we do more polluting than any other nation in the world if you break it down to the per person um, or, or per capita output of carbon into the atmosphere. It's us that's doing it. We also own the companies that are, you know, like ExxonMobil primarily, that are trying to obfuscate this issue and make it so that people feel like, well, there's nothing we can really do, or who knows if this is really real. Two things people have to keep in mind. One, the science is settled. Uh, climate science is not up for debate. Right. It's, it, it's not something where scientists are asking questions. And the scientists that are asking questions and the people that are casting doubt, they normally do so because they have some type of, um, either they have a financial interest that has to be protected, or they just like, they're like these people who just like to be contrarian. Like, you ever meet somebody that says, yeah, I saw the Godfather. It's just not that good. And you're just like, you're an idiot. Okay? <laughs> you're an, it's a great movie. Even if you don't really like it, you got to acknowledge the fact that it's still a good movie. Right. It's just not for you. So there are some people who are just contrarian. Okay? And then there are other people who may be like the leader of the free world and have a bunch of buddies who own coal mines and say, I'm bringing it back. And so then they say climate crisis is a hoax. And so this confuses people. But so what we're trying to do is, with our awareness campaign, is bring the onus back to the individual. And people will say, well, why is it that you're trying to make me individually responsible when there are corporations that are dumping tons and tons of tons per second uh, of carbon into the atmosphere. Why is it that I have to take responsibility and they don't? Because the more of us that take responsibility, the more we will take action to make sure they take responsibility. Because there's no way you're going to let people track mud through a fr your freshly mopped floor and you're the one doing the mopping. Right. At some point, you're going to be like, yo, 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 hey, you got to wipe your feet. You can't come in here like that. <laughs> You can't come in here. And so that's the idea. We want to get especially young people involved because when young people get involved, things change. Look at the Parkland shooting. We have actually seen some movement. 
with respect to gun legislation in this country because young people said we call BS and they're not afraid. Young people are not afraid. Young, like you ever hear the honey badger? Yes, honey badger don't care. Yes, they don't care. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger is not scared. But you know, I really I, like that you 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 are um, you know specifically pushing this towards the younger people because not only do we want you know people younger people to vote as soon as they are of age to, but also they have more of the time left on this earth. We're trying to save. Absolutely, you are so right. And let me say to every young person, this is your problem. You didn't make the problem. And you are not responsible for the problem, its cause. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for its solution because we're not going to be here. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> you know, I have, I have teenagers, right? Uh, I'm old enough to have a teenager. The, uh, well, now one is about to become another. I'm about to have two teenagers, right? I'm old enough to have that. This issue is going to be... Uh, extremely real, and that's by the way the name of the campaign. It's called Shh, "It's Real." I love which, that. Which it and the sh is to shut up to the people who are denying this, and the "It's Real" part is a recognition that this is a true problem that is facing the entire globe, and there's only one country, one country that has said, "I right, we're not going to do anything about this." And guess what country it is? But anyway. Um, the, the fact is that everyone talks about how, oh, the earth, the earth, the earth. No, I say to young people, and this is my mantra for young people, F the earth, save yourself because the earth is going to be here. Venus, it's 900 degrees on Venus right now because <laughs> of runaway greenhouse, the runaway greenhouse effect. See that burning fire right there? Yeah. That, like, Venus is like... 10,000 times hotter than that, okay? Because of the greenhouse effect, all right? So the earth will be here, all right? We will not be here. So F the earth, save yourself. That's my message. Sometimes you have to put it that way so people will be willing to do something about it. Because you're right, the, in the opposite side of this, the reason that uh, certain people don't want to do anything about this is because of themselves and their pockets and the fact that they already won't be here. <laughs> Right. right. And so think about it. If, if you know, you're a 70 year old guy, or maybe you're 72, but you look great and you have very high energy. Um, <laughs> but you're 72 years old. Let's be honest. Let's say you got 20 years left at 72. Is this really an issue for you? Uh, if you just want to live it up and you don't care? You can go ahead and spend your grandchildren's inheritance. It doesn't make a difference to you for real. But to those grandkids, it makes a real difference. We're going to lose real estate across the world. And I'm talking full islands, maybe nations. We're going to lose coastal areas, and it's for real. Forget about just the flooding and the storms and the catastrophes. We are going to lose the ability to feed ourselves the way we do now and to effectively feed, which means that, once again, rich people will be okay because they will be able to afford to eat, and poor people will be food insecure because there won't be enough to go around. So crop yields get smaller, and the amount of food that we're able to grow becomes less. And what does that do? 
it causes political unrest throughout the world. This is the number one problem that is facing mankind, humankind, not mankind, but humankind. And we live in a country where people are saying, nah, 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 we got bigger problems than that. Yeah. You know, it's not really that. And it is. And so what we're trying to do is get young people to understand that it doesn't mean you don't have to stop. It doesn't mean you stop caring about all the other things that matter. It means that you make this a priority. Just this add this is, to the list. Right, right. This That's is the, and, and put it at the top. And put it don't at the just, top. Don't just add it. Put it at the top. That's right. Chuck, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, I can't wait to see. I know you're kind of in the beginning stages, but I am excited to see uh, how this progresses. And, and I, want, I want to be a part of it. So I'm excited. So it was very nice I, to meet you here tonight. Thank you so much, and I'm so glad to hear you say you want to be a part of it because uh, we are we are accepting all applications. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much, and happy birthday to your soon-to-be teenager. Thank you. <laughs> all right, have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so that's the conversation for tonight. I'm Brooke Thomas. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for having me. Always love being here. Post-game show is next. I'm sticking around. Anna, Adrian, both coming back. So keep it locked right there.